Welcome to NSN Daily here on this Tuesday afternoon, evening, whenever you're watching us. Chris Murray, Alex Margulies brought to you by the Dolan Auto Group. Brian Smudio will be back with you starting on Wednesday. Lots to get to here today. I'm really excited, though, uh, to catch up with Cody Fajardo, former mm -hmm. Wolfpack quarterback uh, in Saskatchewan and Regina, and he is he is killing it in the CFL. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's had a great season. I mean, started as a backup only a couple plays into the year. The starter gets hurt and he's just taken off from then. He's putting up historic numbers for his program. Uh, you know, probably one of the two or three best players in the CFL this season and earned himself a uh, pretty lucrative two year extension last week. So uh, having a great season and really making a career of it above the border. Yeah, we get a conversation with him later on. We'll give you the Dolan top five plays of the week. Plus, did uh, Jimmy Graham win Halloween? I think he <laughs> might have. We'll show you a picture of what he did. Uh, it's pretty pretty clever. Uh, also here from Quentin Conaway, uh, just his mindset right now, the mindset of this football team uh, as they head into New Mexico with a four and four record. Plus Nevada basketball, final exhibition tomorrow. We're going to get into that in just a second. Uh, first, though, for those of you who have decided to give our uh, podcast version of NSN Daily Try. It's the same show, uh, but you can listen to our show via podcast Monday through Friday. We'll also have uh, some bonus content for you. So those of you who are on there, feel free to give us a rating, give us some comments, let us know some feedback of what you'd like to see in this space, and uh, we'll have some fun with it. But Chris, let's let's go ahead and get right into basketball. And um, second exhibition, Colorado Christian coming into town. Uh, Nevada, shaky first half against Cal State East Bay. Looked much better in the second half. What are you looking for? What do you want to see from this basketball team? Well, what Steve Alford wants to see, so what I want to see, is the ball to move a little bit more. He thought that the Nevada played a little selfishly, like not in a bad way necessarily, but, you know, kind of trying to prove to the coaches, like, I can get out here, I can score, I can do that. So he wants to see the ball move around a lot more than he saw in the first game. Uh, he was happy that Nevada was able to do a little bit more of that in the second half, that they were able to hit almost 40% of their threes. They got to the free throw line. So there were a lot of things he liked on offense, but he wants to see the ball not be quite as sticky. He wants to see it go inside out. He wants to see it go side to side. Make it more difficult to defend. If, if you're just playing iso ball, it's a lot easier to defend the uh, opposing team. So that's the big thing for him. And then I, I want to see, uh, can the people who played well in the first game repeat it in the second game? Can Zane Meeks look like he's ready to you know play at this level for a second straight game? Will we see Nizre Zuzwa play really well again? And I think that's the big thing for Steve Alford is if he can get consistency out of his guys, you're going to get those minutes. So uh, the players who we saw play really well in that first game, those two guys plus John Carlos Reyes, I thought, had a really good game among the role players. Uh, if they can go out there and repeat the effort, then I think you can be a little bit more comfortable uh, as you head into the regular season opener against Utah exactly one week from today. Coach Alford uh, met with the media on Monday, him and a couple of players, uh, Zuzwa and John Carlos. Uh, here first, uh, a soundbite from, from Coach uh, and, and kind of repeating a little bit what you said, but just what he wants to see from his basketball team, some of his keys for this final exhibition. I thought we were behind is offensive execution, which we knew that. Uh, we're putting a lot of stuff in and of just how we like doing things. So we knew we'd be a little bit behind there. And we'd had some guys out and that kind of stuff, dealing, getting back and had missed some practices. And um, so now we're about 28 in. We're end of October. Guys have had this stuff on their iPads. They've had a chance to to really study it and practice it now. So now we we got to get to the point where our execution's better. I thought we were really one-sided offensively. We didn't get ball reversals and we didn't get the passes. We were still, on the 18th, we were very, everybody wanted to check to see how much air was in it. We were just bounce, 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 bounce. And so from the 18th to now offensively, it's been more about our execution and can we pass it? 
Can we get the ball going side to side? Can we get it going in out? And so I think that's the biggest thing offensive. I thought we took good shots. Um, we got to the free throw line 38, 39 times, so I like that. Um, so I thought that was the biggest thing offensively. And then defensively, uh, more the verbal stuff. You know, we were quiet in game one. And that that happens to a new team. You're more about self, and we got to get more selfless. And you do that by talking. So I hope our talk is better, and I hope how – how we react to keeping the ball out of the middle is better than what it was in game one. You know, you hear there from Coach Alford, not so dissimilar to what a lot of the messaging from Coach Mosselman was. He would track it. He wanted to see 200 passes a night, and he felt mm -hmm. like if you pass the ball 200 times, you're going to be successful. So it sounds like a lot of their offensive philosophies of passing the ball a lot and driving the ball and kicking as opposed to just jumping and taking threes, but moving it around and then taking threes is the type of offense he wants to see from his team. Yeah, and I think that fits this uh, roster. I mm -hmm. think you have a lot of guys out there who can go and give you 10 to 15 points, and you don't want to be too dependent on one or two players. We saw toward the end of last year, Nevada was really dependent on the Martin Twins and Jordan Caroline, and when Jordan Caroline tailed off at the end of the season, they really struggled as a team. So I think uh, having a little bit more diversity in your scoring, you see Lindsey Drew there. Obviously, he can score the ball. Jalen Harris can score the ball. Jazz Johnson. Johnson Israel, Zane Meeks had a big game, John Carlos chipped in. So uh, I think you get a little bit more involvement with the offense and everybody gets to touch the ball. They're going to play a lot harder on defense. They're going to feel like they're being rewarded. Uh, so I, I do think that, the, to me, the defense is the big question mark on this team. And I even asked Coach Dahl for that uh, during the press conference yesterday. I said, the front court defense, is that maybe your biggest concern uh, coming into the season? And he more or less said yes, just because that's a much more inexperienced group. Nevada is not overly big down low. Uh, they're going to be relying on some younger guys, the Zane Meeks the K.J. Himes, the Robbie Robinsons, they are all in their first year at the Division I level. So, uh, you know, I think the offense will be fine, and I do think they'll share the ball. Uh, to me, the big question mark is, can this be a really good defensive team? And if it is a really good defensive team, I think they could do some things in the Mountain West. But if they struggle on that side, because there's not a lot of shot blocking uh, up front, there's not a lot of proven rebounding up front, uh, then it could have some struggles. But in this first exhibition, I thought the defense played really well. I mean, mm -hmm. it held them to a really low percentage, almost out-rebounded them by 20 boards. So they were really good on the glass as well. Yeah, and you'll, you hear that. If you, if you go to our website, you can actually hear the entire interview with Coach Alford. He talks about defense a lot, and he mm -hmm. says, if you want to make minutes, you want to get minutes with this team, if you're a freshman, if you're a young guy that wants to crack into this rotation, you better be playing good defense. And that seems to be uh, a real big key for him, including this next guy we're going to talk about is Nisrae Zuzwa. You said this is another player you want to see, and, and can he back up what he did in the first game? He scored 16 points. Uh, he was very impressive. Uh, after last year, it, it was a guy that just could never – uh, get things going and uh, maybe a lack of confidence, maybe not. Uh, we'll hear from Nisrae in a second, but first, Coach Alford's thoughts on what he has seen so far uh, from Nisrae since he took over the job. I, I told him that, you know, I, I'm not going to be able to play all four guards at once all the time. So, you know, you've got to be selfless in coming off the bench right now. It doesn't mean that's going to stay that way. It's just the way the roles are going right now. But we need a, a senior that can come in and score off the bench, give us production, and then. That first exhibition game, I think we out, it was, I can't remember the numbers now, 38 to 10 or 35 to 10. You know, our bench had a lot to do with us running away in that game. So, and he was a catalyst of it. And I, I've told him it's not just your D, it's not just what you do offensively, but you're a strong physical guard. You're four years in college. We need you to buy into what we're doing defensively. And I just thought he did a really good job in game one. Now it's about, can you just continue that and play this role? Because um, he, he's going to be a huge key to us moving forward. I think he's going to be a big, big key for us. I don't think he's wrong. I mean, yeah. I, mean I think you need Nisrae Zuzwa, and you need the Nisrae Zuzwa that Nevada thought they were getting when they first got it from Brian. 
Yeah, I mean, we saw Coach Musselman do so many great things with transfers, but there were a number who fell through the cracks. This mm -hmm. is a guy who averaged 20 points per game yep. at the college level. He was a tremendous three-point shooter. He was a tremendous driver of the ball. He could play some point guard. I thought he was really good in the sit-out year. I would watch him after practice, and he looked just as good as Trayshawn Thurman or Jazz Johnson and just gets off to a slow start last season and gets absolutely buried. I mean, he scored 27 points last year. That was a good game for him at his previous college. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I think he's going to get this opportunity. Eric Parrish did not play. He's a really highly regarded Juco player did not play in the first exhibition he's probably not going to play in tomorrow's exhibition according to coach Alford so I think they're kind of fighting for that same spot that kind of the first guard first wing off the bench I think you're pretty sustained with Lindsey Drew Jazz Johnson and Jalen Harris in your backcourt but who is that fourth guy to go and give them a blow and get some minutes Nizre put his foot uh, his foot forward uh, and showed that he was a really good player in that exhibition game and, and he even said he didn't lose any confidence based off last year that's a little bit hard to believe given how much of a struggle that season was um, but I think it was a great sign for him to come out and play so well in that first exhibition because that is the player that he mm -hmm. is. We didn't get to see that last year, but I think he is that good of a player, and I think he can play at that level at the Mountain West, even though it's a little bit of a jump up from where he was playing with uh, Bryant. Yeah, you mentioned Parrish. Uh, Coach Alford didn't really want to go into specifics as to why uh, he's holding it's a coach's decision. He, yeah. is, he is, is what he's saying right now in terms of the exhibition. Did say Robbie Robinson, though, Wood is expected to play, so uh, he should make his pack debut in this second exhibition. Uh, Nisre Zuzwa, him and John Carlos uh, came out to the podium and talked to the media. Here were some of his, his thoughts on just the way he's been able to start this season. What were some of those first talks with Coach Alford when, when he said that he believed in you and thought you could do really good things here? Um, he basically just told me that to trust myself because he believes in me, but I have to believe in myself and that my teammates believe in me. And he just told me that the roles are going to change. So what my role was last year is last year, and this year is a whole different year. So to just focus on being uh, the best player that I can be this year for, for my team and for myself. You obviously have proven yourself at the Division One level. How much did your confidence take a hit last year? What were some of the low points going through that season? Honestly, I'm not going to say my confidence took a hit because I always knew I was good at basketball. I always knew what I was capable of. Us, what I've been capable of doing, I felt like God's always blessed me with a skill, so I never really lost confidence. It was more so of just feeling like I'm not able to go out there and do more or just help my team more. Like It was tough last year. I had to find different ways to be to be a te great teammate, find different ways to help the team besides just scoring. So it was really a learning experience for me, and uh, I definitely – I took that as an opportunity, you know, let me just, I, I could have gotten in my head, pouted, but I decided, like, let me just focus in and just do what's best for the team. And sometimes I might need to sacrifice a little bit, but for our ultimate goal, it's not really an issue. And then starting the exhibition season like you did, I mean, how helpful was that to kind of show that it was a fresh slate and you can get back to that player that you were, Bryant? Um, it definitely felt good. It felt good to go out there and play a little bit and see some go in and to hear my teammates and see the smiles on the bench was, was really good for me, too. You know, only Nisray knows what his confidence was last year, but I think a bigger point is you have a 16-point game in an exhibition. You play well again tonight. You'd have to think that that gives him confidence, extra confidence, maybe even more than he has going into the regular season. Nevada needs him to be confident. I remember talking to him at Media Day last year, and he said that he and Caleb Martin were the two best scorers on the team, and it was kind of a toss-up who was the better of the two scorers. So that's where his confidence level was last year, that he mm -hmm. thought he was as good of a scorer uh, as a player who's currently in the NBA. So uh, if he still has that mindset, I think that's a really good thing. But Coach Alford did make it pretty clear that he's going to earn his minutes by playing defense. Yep. This is He's six foot two, 200 pounds, but he's a really well-built guy, and he has really long arms, and he had a lot of steals at Bryant. So, uh, you know, as much as we like to focus on the offense, yeah. I can say he was a 20-point 
point scorer and all of this kind of right. stuff. Uh, I think defense is his calling card to get onto the court. I think Jalen Harris, Jazz Johnson, they're going to be taking care of the offense more. Uh, I think Nizre is certainly capable of scoring, but if he wants to play 20-plus minutes per game, I think it comes down to can you play that dogged defense and give some help to that backcourt that we talked about. It's a little younger, a little bit more vulnerable. Uh, really, the defense starts uh, you know, on that front line. And mm -hmm. The guards have to play really well uh, on-ball defense, and I think Nizre is more than capable of doing that. Joe, the Wolfpack against Colorado Christian, Wednesday night, 7.30. There's actually going to be an exhibition as well for the women's basketball team. They'll take on William Jessup at 5 o'clock, so it's a doubleheader. Get there early, catch a couple of games, check out the women, then check out the men, and then home openers uh, next Tuesday for both teams. St. Mary's for the ladies and then Utah uh, for the men's. Before we go, uh, Nevada basketball did pick up uh, a new commit, Chris, uh, a combo guard, six foot six, Daniel Foster uh, from Melbourne, mm -hmm. Australia. It's Melbourne. Yeah. Not Melbourne, it's yeah. Melbourne. Yeah, and, and like people have asked me, well, what do you think? Like, I don't know this kid. <laughs> but I have watched. You're not, you're not, you're not <laughs> studying the, the Australian prep. Uh, yeah, I mean, I have watched some circuit. tape of him. I mean, he's a right handed kid. He's a, he looks like a legit six six point guard. I mean, he was playing with the ball in his hands quite a bit. And the thing I liked most about watching the film on him is he could go left really, really well and he could take it to the hole. So I think, uh, you know, very capable of using either hand to get to the basket. Uh, I'm going to trust Craig Neal here. You look at what they did when they were at New Mexico. Cameron Berstow, Hugh Greenwood, uh, both from Australia, both were absolutely phenomenal players in the Mountain West. Neither of them were had a star rating or any of that. So I, I'm going to say that Craig Neal has some connections mm -hmm. uh, and is using that to get another good player. I think the thing that's become very clear is that Steve Alford is he's not going after four and five star recruits. Will they take them? Sure. I mean, he got those at UCLA. I think he's looking at Nevada. I have a 10-year contract. I'm going to develop guys over the long haul. I'm going to get guys in here who have a, a really strong work ethic and have the tool set that we're looking for. Uh, and we're going to, you know, create these really good all-conference players. But, you know, fans who are hoping for uh, Steve Alford to come in and recruit at the same level as UCLA or to get 100, top 100 recruits, that just hasn't been the M.O. so far. Not, not yet, at least. Yeah. I mean, and even Eric Musselman, you, you had to establish something first before a five-star recruit's even going to take your phone call. Yeah. You know what I mean? You have to show... Yeah, Steve Alford has to show that this, you know, build this thing into uh, uh, a winner before you can even get those kids. But I think, to your point, this coaching staff really believes in their ability to develop, yeah. to develop players, and they feel like their program gets the most out of players. That and there's going to be a, it, it seems like there's going to be a pretty solid international flavor with this Wolfpack program moving forward. We've already seen Kane Milling come over from France, now Foster from, from Australia. Do you think this is kind of the, the, the beginning of, of what could be a very strong international pipeline? Yeah, I mean, they have another commitment in the 2020 class from a kid who was born in Bosnia is now playing in Phoenix. His name is Aline uh, Husanovic. So uh, I do think that they're going to go international, and that's something they did at New Mexico with a ton of success. You look at Bill Dwayne, who's an assistant on the staff. He has some ties overseas as well. So, uh, I mean, there are a ton of great players throughout the world. It's not just in the United States. It's do you have those connections to bring those players over? I think it's a little bit more high risk, high reward mm -hmm. because it's a very different game in America than it is overseas. Anybody will tell you, you talk to Kane Milling, I'm sure if you talked uh, with Daniel Foster, they will tell you that it's just a more aggressive. It's more yeah. tempo. There's more uh, on-ball defense pressure, especially if you're the point guard. So it's a very different game. So th there are some kids who come over and they can't make the transition, but there are also a ton of gems over there yeah. that nobody knows about uh, unless you have these connections mm -hmm. and can be really good players at the Mountain West level. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how many of these players uh, really do develop over the years. But you are seeing a lot more high school kids. And that was a big knock from fans on Eric Musselman is we want to see these high school kids. We want to see them develop over four years. We want to get to know them like a Lindsey Drew or a DJ yep. Fenner. Uh, and you're going to get that with Coach Alford. When you think about a school like St. Mary's, I mean, they, they've made 
uh, their runs based on being able to recruit Australian, bring those kids in and develop them with with uh, with Mills and with Del Vadova and all these different Australia. There's a lot of talented players, yeah. like you said, all over the world. We, and and you it's even look at Gonzaga, right? And these are both power. Absolutely, these are you know, I mean, Gonzaga is a power five at this point, but these are a group of five, you know, kind of mid-major schools uh, on the West Coast mm -hmm. who really got that start yep. uh, as being elite programs by uh, recruiting internationally. And then from that point, like you say, once you have success, then you can go out to a four and five star kid and say, you know, come join our program. Right. We're a national program. All right. Sounds good. Uh, later on, Cody Fajardo joins the show. Dolan top five. Uh, much more coming up here on today's NSN Daily. Next, though, we'll talk a little Wolfpack football. New Mexico coming to town this weekend. What's the mindset of this football team and what's this locker room like? Quinn Conaway shares his mindset next. Welcome back to NSN Daily. Nevada football taking on New Mexico this weekend, coming off of back-to-back -back losses on the road against Utah State and as well as Wyoming. A little homecoming, home cooking, I think, uh, could, could do this program well. Uh, but yesterday, Quinn Conaway was one of the interviews. <laughs> asked, he's, he's just an amazing uh, kid to hear from. He's always yeah. so transparent and, and just is so thoughtful. And I wanted to play this soundbite, part of a great interview that he had yesterday. But this is what how Quinn Conaway is feeling right now as this team goes into this game 4-4. Four and four. I always try to go back to the bowl game, remind guys of the bowl game, because uh, that game did not go well for us until what the very end of the fourth quarter, if that. I always remind guys that on the side, I'm like, hey, like, remember the bowl game? Came back from that, right? So like, I mean, I remember being three and nine my first year, right? And like, everything has changed for the better since then. And we talk a lot right now. Uh, we just talked today how this time last year we were four and four. And we're four and four this year, and look what happened last year, right? We still have the opportunity to have a better year than last year. Still, if we went out the next four, go to an awesome bowl game, Mountain West Championship isn't out of reach. Well, we played two teams in our side, and we're one and one against them. So, like, we've got a lot um, in front of us, and there's no reason to not be positive. We're playing college football. Coach Marvell said this after the game um, in, in Laramie. He goes, "We're college football players in America. Like, we're some of the luckiest guys in the world, right?" Like. Let's have fun with it. Like, why not, right? Like, so many people would rather be in our position. We have these uh, inspirational pictures, pictures, sorry, in our lockers of uh, something that inspires us. And mine's always been my JUCO team, because I know all 90 of them. A lot, a couple of them are playing D1, but not all of them. Not all of them playing anymore at all. And I know a lot of them would love to be in our spots. So that's what inspires me. It's what keeps me happy. It's what keeps me going. Yeah, I just try to push that kind of message that we, no matter what, we're lucky. Just have fun. You know, I think the world needs more Quentin Conaways. Yeah. Uh, I, I imagine that's not the mindset of everybody in this locker room, but he brings up a good point. And, and, and this is what Nevada's mindset has got to be if they're going to just enjoy playing the rest of the season. Are they going to win a Mountain West? No, it doesn't look like they're going to yeah. do that. Are they going to go to a bowl game? It's going to be tough. Um, but if they're going to try and achieve anything this year, they've got to have this mindset of, all right, this has happened. We've got to refocus. And luckily for them, this is the most winnable game probably on their schedule left this Saturday and yeah. a game that they, they really need to get. Yeah, that was some good perspective. And I think Burdell Robbins uh, also had some good perspective when he spoke with the media prior to last week's game. I mean, he's somebody who's lost a sibling uh, to death, tragically. Yeah. And he said, you know, we lost a football game. Like, I've been through a lot worse things in my life. I know we put a lot of attention and a lot of focus and they yeah. have a lot of pressure on themselves to come out and deliver. And fans are not happy with what they've seen the last couple of games and really the last month. But again, it's a football game and they need to go out there and have fun. And if they do that, uh, they can be more successful. I think positivity is something 
something needed in that locker room right now. And Quentin Conaway is an exceptionally positive guy, and I think that rubs off uh, on his teammates. He was actually one of the captains who went out for the coin flip uh, this week because Kelton Moore and Lucas Weber are down in their captain. So uh, they need that positive mind frame. I, I'm perfectly fine with fans being upset with where the season is and some of these blowout losses, uh, but the season is not over. You know, they go out and they beat New Mexico and they beat UNLV at home, two very winnable games, and maybe beat Fresno State, which just lost at home to Colorado State, which is not a good team. Uh, then you win three of your last four, you get the seven wins, you go to a bowl game, maybe you win that. There's still a lot that can be accomplished this season. Nevada just needs to play a lot better. They're not playing well enough right now. Doesn't mean they won't play better in the future, mm -hmm. um, but the only way they're going to be playing better is by having that positive mindset and still being optimistic for what they can achieve for the rest of the season. And I, I know fans are, are, are not happy right now, but I think as fans it's important to, to continue to support a team because through the thick and thin, uh, they're going to need that in order to kind of keep pushing through this hump. It, you know, you've got to take your lump sometimes, and, and that's what's happening uh, right now. Hopefully a better weekend ahead, and we'll continue. You guys, you and Brian, at least, and, and more uh, guests will continue to break this game down uh, as the week goes on. Next, though, here on NSN Daily, it's one of our favorites. Cody Fajardo joins us via Skype from Regina, Saskatchewan, about his new contract with the CFL, as well as just making a push maybe towards his second Grey Cup. That and more next. All right, welcome back to NSN Daily with Chris Murray. I'm Alex Margulies. Uh, we're going to get to Cody Fajardo here in just a second, <laughs> former Nevada quarterback, just got a new two-year deal with Saskatchewan and the Canadian Football League. They're making a big playoff push. Might actually have a chance uh, to get home field advantage in the Western Division of the CFL. But I know you kind of have a little bit of a bone yeah, to pick with Cody a little I do. bit. Yeah, so before the baseball season started, he's a big Angels fan. I'm a big Dodgers fan. We made a friendly wager that if the Dodgers beat the Angels, I believe by eight and a half games in the standings, that the other person would have to take a picture uh, and use their Twitter avatar uh, of them wearing the opposite's hat. So uh, I think the Dodgers beat the Angels by about 40 games this year. Wow. So Cody does owe me a Twitter avatar picture for a month with him wearing a <laughs> Dodgers hat. Uh, he has been a little busy, so I'm going to give him a little bit of a leeway. Uh, but it, it, time is clicking on this. I'm, hey guys, how's it going? I'm gonna get it done by the end of the year. Uh, once the season's over and things are done being crazy, I might have to buy one because it's been so long. So I might. Uh, that, that's gonna burn my wallet a little bit. So if you buy Dodger cap, Cody, are you gonna go like full new era? Or are you gonna find like the cheapest, like crummiest <laughs> Dodger hat you can possibly find? Or how's that gonna play well, out? I'm probably gonna burn it after. So <laughs> probably cheap, uh, cheap options best. <laughs> Hey, man, it's great to catch up with you up in uh, Saskatchewan. And what a season this has turned out for you. It's your uh, third team now in the CFL. You were Toronto and then BC. And now uh, you finally get a chance to really take the reins and start some football games. And you've had an incredible season. Your team's 12-5. and five. You've thrown for over 4,000 yards. Uh, how amazing has this season just been for you, Cody? Oh, it's been, it's been tremendous. You know, it's been an emotional roller coaster for sure. Um, for me in my career, there was times when I questioned if I'm uh, if I still want to do it. You know, being a third stringer, you think you know is this worth it? But for me, um, you know, the hard work paid off. I knew God had a plan, and uh, it's funny back then when I was so frustrated, God was probably just laughing at me, saying, "Hey, you have no idea what you have ahead of you." And um, 12 and five, where we're at here, got an opportunity if we win this game to uh, host the West Final would be. Huge. I think it'd be the first time since 2009 that the Rough Riders have hosted a um, home playoff game in the West Final. What was the low point for you? What was the point where you're saying this might not be my path 
I'm just not getting the opportunity that I've been looking for at the professional level. Yeah, BC, I think, was really tough. Toronto is okay because we won a championship. So when you're on a roster of a championship team, it's a little bit different. You get a bonus. You get a ring. That's really nice. So um, those things were nice. But when I signed with BC, I was excited about the opportunity. And um, we, we had a back-and-forth thing before uh, between our starter and our backup. And I was just kind of like the third-string guy just sitting there like, hey, um, I want to play football. And uh, <laughs> it just didn't work out where I got the opportunity. Luckily in free agency, um, Saskatchewan came calling. I had like, I had three or four teams interested and in, who put out offers and the opportunity here was the best for me. And uh, all, all arrows pointed here when my family and I sat down and with all the offers and who would have thought that after the third play of the first game, I would be the uh, starting quarterback. And I, I didn't even picture that, you know, I signed here as a backup and uh, just kind of went with it, rolled with the punches and just tried to win football games, tried to commit, uh, Tell myself, hey, I can still play football. Cody, when you uh, were able to get this done in the middle of the season a couple weeks ago uh, to get a two-year extension with Saskatchewan and, and really uh, kind of cement your role with this organization and just where you are, how exciting was it to get that done now and not have to wait to the offseason and know that, you know what, the team's committing to me, I'm committed to them, and, and let's do this? Yeah, that's a great question. I think the first thing is playing on a one-year uh, one contract is pretty scary because you're one injury away from not signing again, right? And um, what I had the opportunity of coming here is I just didn't want to regret it afterwards. I want to be able to go out there, and if, if I didn't perform well enough personally, I, I would be okay with that, just knowing that I had the op opportunity and that for me to go out there. And honestly, I just didn't want to regret it. And when a team wants to invest in you the way they did uh, as a franchise quarterback, last game I was a little nervous, you know. Um, after signing the contract, they put this uh, money towards you, and uh, you want to go out there and perform. So uh, all things worked out. We had a great game last week and put ourselves in a good position this week. It's been really fun watching you guys play this season. It seems like a lot of games come down to the end, and you guys always make the plays to win it. Is this the most fun you've had? playing football despite having a great high school career on some really memorable and great Wolfpack teams. It just seems like this has been such a fun season to watch from here. So I can't imagine what it's been like to be in the middle of that. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, the CFL is like that, though. I think what people don't realize, I think 58% of uh, CFL games come down to the last three minutes, wow. which is pretty remarkable. But um, usually the Americans who tune into the CFL, they fall in love with the game because it's uh, fast paced, right? 20 minute play clock. Uh, a lot of scoring. You got a big field. So um, for me, yeah, honestly, it's been a lot of fun. And anytime you're winning football games, it's fun. And I can look back in my career and been able to win a championship in high school, a championship in college, and championship hopefully uh, for me starting here this year and, and with the future years. But I'm just having a ton of fun playing football again. I've been on the sideline. It's been tough watching, knowing that I can play football. Um, just trying to be a great teammate, support the guy who is the starter, and uh, now getting that opportunity. I got some great guys on this team, some great receivers, as you can see by some of these clips. You know, I throw a seven-yard uh, hitch route to Shaq Evans, and he takes it 68 yards. I mean, that makes this game fun when you have players like that and offensive line. There's Laura right there having the time of her <laughs> life. <laughs> well, what's this been like for her, Cody? Uh, uh, you guys met out here and, and, and been along for the ride, and – now to have the kind of the stability of knowing, hey, look, we get to actually kind of, you know, spend some time here and not have to keep bouncing around. I mean, I, that's a mad, I imagine that may, means a lot, not only to you, but just for you as a family. Yeah, I mean, obviously we got married in March 
And uh, 2019 has been a great year for the Fajardos so mm -hmm. far. And um, with her in schooling, uh, her doctor program at George Washington, I've only seen her three times. She's came up for one game. She's just been so busy with school. But I think the thing we're most excited about is free agency always lands on um, Valentine's Day. So she kind of gets gypped in terms of uh, <laughs> Valentine's Day because it's always so stressful and hectic. And going into this offseason, knowing that I'll be back in Saskatchewan, knowing that I don't have to deal with um, a stressful free agency, hoping a team calls, well, definitely I'll, I'll spoil her a little bit for um, being such a great trooper through it all. So I don't want to spoil it for her, but a lot of pressure on you to come up with some big I Valentine's know. plans. So I guess what's, what's coming up this Valentine's Day? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, for her, um, I think we didn't we didn't get the opportunity to take a honeymoon. So we're going to go to Bora Bora, I believe. Wow. And we're going to try and stay on the uh, the huts on the water, right? Because she's just worked her tail off in school. And um, with her being out of school, I think we're going to do that in the first week of May, right before I come back for training camp. So she just deserves a world. And, you know, the, the famous quote of, behind every great man is an incredible woman. And, and that's for me, like her support, uh, the unconditional love she gives me, knowing that she's on the East Coast watching these games till about midnight, uh, all the way till the end, knowing she has a test the next day, um, just goes to show how amazing she's been. She's put her career on hold, um, waiting for me to figure out football. You know, I remember when I was in Oakland, she just kind of put her life on hold to see if I made the team. I didn't make the team. Now everything's kind of spinning. And uh, things are going great right now for us and her schooling and for me in football. Man, you're kind of making us look bad now, Chris. Like, if, <laughs> I mean, I went to, to Thailand and my honeymoon was great, but like an over-the-water hut in Bora Bora, yeah, like, to I mean, come on. That's, that's, that's pretty legit. I like it. That's a good call. Yeah, I mean, I can't. I mean, the contracts out there, everyone knows what kind of money you make. <laughs> you, can't, you can't be can't cheap now. It. You can't be cheap <laughs> exactly now, Cody. Right. Uh, we saw some exactly right. We saw some shots of the fans there. Last time we talked to you, right when you were kind of first getting some starts, you were saying just how passionate the fan base is there, and people were starting to kind of notice you around town. I imagine uh, has your celebrity status around Saskatchewan kind of skyrocketed a little bit? Oh, it's been incredible. I mean, the fans here are truly amazing. This is the mecca of uh, CFL football. You know, you want to come here, you want to play, but you got to be able to perform in a city like this because everyone recognizes wherever you go. I got to probably carve out about 30 minutes from my uh, schedule to go to the grocery store just to pick up a, a few quick things just because, you know, most fans recognize me or stop me. But to me, honestly, that's what I look forward to because when I'm done playing football, that's what I'm going to miss most. I'm going to miss uh, most about taking pictures, signing autographs for little kids, you know, being these kids' role models. Um, when it's all said and done, I'm going to look back on my career. I'm going to miss the locker room, uh, the guys in the locker room, but I'm going to miss the fans and the attention kind of you get when uh, you're winning games. You're, you're talking like you're almost done. I mean, you got a decade more of this now the way you're playing. Uh, what's the town kind of like? Uh, you know, it's, I imagine it's cold. I don't know that much about Saskatchewan, but what, what's the town kind of like? Right now, it's been currently snowing and negative seven degrees, so <laughs> uh, there's Canada for you. But the town's a small town, right? Uh, it's a blue-collar town, just a lot of hard workers. The only It reminds me, honestly, a lot like Reno because um, the biggest attraction here is the Rough Riders. So everyone shows up to the games. Everyone supports it. You walk into a Walmart, it's all Rough Rider stuff. Just like in Reno, you walk into a Walmart there and you see all Wolfpack stuff. So there's a lot of similarities between uh, our fans here and the Wolfpack fans and just the passion they have for their team. 
And um, when when we're winning, everything's great. And when we're losing, the world's falling apart. Cody, uh, I was looking at the potential matchups in the postseason, depending on how this weekend shakes out. You guys win, you guys get a bye, and then you would host in the, the West Final. I saw the, there's a possible showdown uh, with Calgary and Don Jackson. How crazy would that be? Yeah, I mean, we've played uh, Calgary twice this year, right? And they've gotten the best of us twice. So um, we're, we're hungry for that. But um, we know if we play Calgary, that they're the defending champs. And um, they understand what it takes to win a great cup. And for me in my first year of playing, um, I understand that you're probably going to have to go through Calgary if you want to get to the great cup. So to play against a guy like Don Jackson, who's honestly been probably one of my biggest fans um, throughout my career, he always texts me or always pumps me up to the media. Even when I was a third string guy, he was always saying, wait till Cody gets his chance. Wait till Cody gets a chance on, on social media. So um, it's been cool. Just And last game, it was cool to share the gridiron again with him. It's a little weird to see him in another uniform. I, I wish I was handing him footballs off or throwing him <laughs> passes, but uh, he's a stud, no, no doubt. Uh, Cody, before we let you go, uh, you're speaking of the Wolfpack. I, I imagine you would have such an interesting perspective on this, but Nevada, a very young quarterback right now with Carson Strong. I mean, you, you basically took over the program as a young quarterback. What advice do you have for someone like him that's in his shoes as a true freshman that is going through a little bit of growing pains right now and in a season that has been a little frustrating? What advice would you have to Carson? Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing is just to keep churning, you know, keep learning. Um, I look back on my freshman year. By the time I got to my senior year, I missed out on so many opportunities because I feel like I just didn't understand the game. I didn't dedicate to the time to the film room where I wish I would have done that. I didn't understand how to watch film as a freshman. And um, I didn't understand how to game plan or how to prepare. And, and you learn that over the course of the year as a starter. But um, I just want him to know that we all have his back. It really doesn't matter who the quarterback is, but especially Carson being a young guy, you're going to make some mistakes. You can't be gun shy, which um, it doesn't look like he's gun shy. You know, he's throwing it 40 sometimes a game and he seems confident throwing it. So um, I just want to continue to see him have success. And um, as opposed as, as the Wolfpack goes, it's tough to go quarterback here, new quarterback here, new quarterback here. You know, it's hard to get into a rhythm. I believe in Coach Norvell and Coach Mummy and uh, what they believe in, what they see in practice. But um, I just would love for us to stick with one guy and say, hey, this is our guy for the year. Let's learn through it. We're going to have some growing pains and uh, put the best product on the field. Cody, we appreciate your time, man. Rooting for you back here in Reno. Hope you guys can get uh, deep into the postseason and uh, get you another championship, man. Hey, I always appreciate you guys. And uh, Murray, my head's, my hair might fall out when I put on that uh, Dodger hat. You just give me an address. I'll, I'll get you the hat. <laughs> hey, man, you don't want to end up like him. <laughs> All right, Cody, take it easy, man. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you. Bora Bora on the honeymoon, man. That's nice. That's a good deal. Uh, Over the high, that's that's like always what a bucket list yeah. uh, type of deal. Uh, that, that's awesome. It's really cool to see his success because, you know, Cody's been one of those those players that even after his time at Nevada, he's he's one of those guys that has I think lingered, you know, with Wolfpack mm -hmm. fans. Just the 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 way that he approached people and just how personable he is and and 
And we were talking about this on the show the other day. I mean, you take for granted the production that Cody yeah. had as a player. We talk about 9,000 yards passing and 3,000 yard rushing. It's it's an it was an unbelievable career here in Nevada. Yeah, I mean, he literally had the hardest shoes to fill as a player in the history of Wolfpack athletics. I mean, replacing Colin Kaepernick was not going to be easy for anybody, but he did it very ably. He uh, was a terrific quarterback here. He's going to be in the Hall of Fame one day. And Nevada's had some difficulties replacing him. So to see him actually have that success after having to grind, it's not like he just stepped into the CFL and he was given an opportunity. You're talking about three teams. You're talking about four years. Uh, you're talking about being a third stringer last year. And to finally get the opportunity and take advantage of it, uh, you know, I, he just has to feel so validated, so fulfilled, and so happy uh, that he's able to actually show what he's capable of doing. And, uh, you know, to me, he's been the best player in the CFL this season. And to go from second string, uh, you know, not, not a guy that was on anybody's radar to that point this season uh, has been one of the more incredible stories that I've seen with the Wolfpack over the last 10, 15 years. And like you said, I think he was just such a likable guy. Not only did mm -hmm. he play here for four years, so you kind of knew the name uh, and you really enjoyed watching him play, but he was always such a likable guy, such a nice guy to fans, media, everybody, that it's so good to see him have success because he's a guy that's really, really easy to root for. 4,300 yards passing this year, over 600 yards rushing, 28 combined touchdowns. It's been awesome. Also looking for maybe a, a Calgary, Saskatchewan, <laughs> Showdown. We have to make a make a trip up there. Okay. Maybe, maybe we'll do an NSN daily. We'll, we'll get north of the border uh, and uh, check in. Check, up there. Check, yeah, we'll check in uh, with our guys. All right. We'll have more coming up here on NSN daily just after a quick break. All right, back here on NSN Daily. Not a lot of time to talk about this topic, but it'll be discussed for the weeks and months and years to follow. Uh, the NCAA releasing a statement today just concerning the idea of allowing players to receive money for their likeness, something that was spurred on uh, by the state of California. Uh, Chris, not a lot to kind of glean today from yeah. this NCAA ruling, but I think the, the point is that uh, changes are coming to the NCAA for better or worse. They're going to be happening here over the next couple yeah, of years. Yeah, not a lot of details. You read through the bullet points, and it's still kind of hard to figure out exactly where the NCAA stands on this. But like you said, the California law that was recently passed and will go into effect in a couple of years has pushed the NCAA to take some kind of action. They have to respond to this. They can't have different rules for different states. If you go to Stanford, you're allowed to you know, be able to do a commercial and and if you go to North Carolina, you're not. So it's a very difficult position for the NCAA, but the NCAA has to sort out how are we exactly going to allow, uh, uh, you know, student athletes to use the Olympic model. So you can go and do a commercial for somebody. Right. You can have a sponsorship, um, but you can't be paid straight outright. You have to do that in exchange for your likeness. So uh, we'll see exactly what comes of this. Like you said, not a lot of details, but at some point, uh, the NCAA is going to have to use the Olympic model uh, if it's going to survive as an entity 10, 15, 20 years down the road. It's interesting to see, to me, too, like where does college sports go in the next 10 years? And do you start to see, like, right now we have an FBS level, an FCS level. Do you think, like, there, there will be kind of an official third tier that someone like Nevada would fall under and maybe compete on a different scale than you know, the, the other ones? Yeah, I think it has to happen. I mean, you look at the Power Five, so a school like Purdue, who Nevada beat in the season opener, their football budget is almost as large as Nevada's entire athletics budget for 16 different sports. So I think there is a point uh, coming in the pretty near future where the Power Five breaks off, does their own thing, and it's probably going to happen around 2022. So that's when a lot of these TV contracts for the Power Five is up. I would not be shocked if you saw the, the Power Five conferences kind of bind together and sell their TV rights as a group, yep. basically creating their own uh, foundation, their own yeah. uh, kind of organization 
organization. And then you're going to have the group of five, which Nevada is in, kind of settle between where the Power Five is and the FCS is. And I think that would be good for Nevada. Nevada does not need to try and keep up with Alabama, Auburn, North Carolina. They can't do it financially. So I do think within the next 10 years, the NCAA will look vastly different yeah. from what it looks like right now. All right, more to come on this topic in the days, months, years to follow. Next, though, your Dolan Top 5 plays. Shannon Kelly has that and more next. Welcome back to NSN Daily here brought to you by the Dolan Auto Group. It's that time of the week for our top five plays and Shannon Kelly has the best look at what happened last week. Coming in at number five this week over to our game of the week. Reno hosting Spanish Springs. Tristan Zabo going long connects with Jackson LaDuke as he catches that right in his bread basket as the Cougars go on and defeat the Huskies 28-0. At number four, McQueen and Hug. Lancer's Cody Sigler scrambling, but throws it up the middle as Jonah Marqueda comes up with the big grab as the Lancers go on to defeat the Hawks. At number three, over to the 3A, North Valley's hosting Sparks. Sophomore Cameron Ziedler with the cannon as Kellen Franklin comes up with the snag to get the Panthers on the board as they go on to defeat the Railroaders 32-14. At number two, Carson taking on Wooster. Senators driving down the field, but William Breeding is picked off by Colt senior Donovan Ratfield as Wooster goes on to defeat Carson 35-28. Coming in at number one this week, Damani Ranch hosting Douglas. Ethan Colpin with the handoff to Ashton Hayes. He almost lost the ball. But the sophomore takes it all the way to the house for an 84-yard strike as the Mustangs cruise past the Tigers 42-0. Those are your top five plays of the week, sponsored by the Dolan Auto Group. That Ashton Hayes, by the way, an offer already from Nevada, sophomore. Yeah. That kid can play. He's going to be a big-time guy. And you don't see I, – I can't remember the last time a running back – uh, got these kinds of offers that he's going to get. Maybe Chris Carr, uh, he was a running back slash cornerback. Um, but, yeah, he's going to be a special player the next couple of years. Would not be shocked if he ends up going to a really high-level top 25 kind of school. All right, one game that did not take place last week was Galena at Bishop and Oak Bay because of the whooping cough mm -hmm. uh, at Bishop and Oak High School. So this game was moved to Monday night, and uh, not a huge surprise. The Miners lit up the scoreboard in this one, a final score of 56-13. to 13. Some big plays, though, for Galena. They did get a nice interception. They also had a kickoff return for a touchdown uh, later in the game. If you go to our social media, at uh, Nevada Sports on Twitter, you can see the full highlights. Uh, but Bishop Minot looking like they're well-positioned uh, heading down the final stretch of the season. We'll come right back here on NSN Daily, wrap things up, our final thoughts. And did Jimmy Graham win Halloween? I think so. We'll see if Chris agrees. All right, wrapping up things here on NSN Daily. Halloween is coming up, and I think uh, the game is already over. Jimmy Graham, the tight end for the Packers, along with assistant trainer of the Packers, Nate Weir, dressed up as Aaron Judge and Jose Altuve. This is so ridiculously spot on. Oh, yeah, absolutely. The next photo you're going to show up here uh, is basically identical to a picture they took during the All-Star <laughs> break. That is so good. Uh, I never knew Jimmy Graham looked so much like Aaron Judge, but that is a perfect uh, Halloween costume that cannot be beaten. We'll see you guys tomorrow.